0: Hello, and welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Now here's Pastor Tim.
1: I get to introduce to you um, a good friend, a brother, a preacher of preachers. Um, Chris Durso is with us today. And I just want to say this real quickly, uh, how important it is that we have a variety of voices in this house, Uh, because God, you know, even in the in the scriptures, there are over 40 authors that pen that scribe the Bible because God is very intentional about teaching us his word through various voices, different perspectives, different personalities. And Pastor Chris, interestingly enough, he was the first guy that I was able to invite out when I was a next gen pastor. And now I get to introduce him for the first guest speaker as a lead pastor. And the Lord dropped him into my heart several months ago during the transition, and I felt like the Lord really has given him a word for us. And So I want you to lean in. I want you to raise your expectations because we're going to hear from the Lord today. So if you would, stand to your feet all across this place, and would you please put your hands together and give (laughs) Pastor Chris a warm welcome to Embassy City.
0: Man, thank you. Hey, that's, that's more than enough of me, but stay standing. If you love Jesus, can we give him a shout in this place? Come on, that's a reason to shout right there. You could, you could do a little bit better if you are grateful for the grace of Jesus. You know you would not be here right now if it were not for the blood. Come on, lift up your hands, open up your mouths, and give him a shout. Give him a shout. Give him a shout. Do me a favor, remain standing just for a few more seconds. This moment right here is so important. This this moment is so important because it's actually what sets us up for everything else that's to come. See, it's almost predictable that when a guest speaker comes, there's going to be this swapping of honor. Your pastor just said some nice things about me. Now I'm about to say some nice things about him. The truth is, if you miss out on this moment, you could miss out on the rest. Because the fact is, honor really has nothing to do with me, and it has nothing to do with your pastor, but it actually has everything to do with God and you. I have so many great things to say about your pastors. I think he's absolutely amazing. I think he's handled this season incredibly. I'm honored to know him. I'm honored to be a brother. Watching you is it's like a masterclass in leadership, and until you're in a position of leadership, you may not even realize how difficult this, this moment could be, but, but you've done it so well, and you've done it with such grace and ease, and I honor you, and I love you. Come on, one more time. Can we thank God for him? And it would be remiss of me not to point out that Pastor Tim Ross, the other Tim, is my pastor. Uh, when I was 23 years old, my first speaking engagement ever was because of Tim Ross. And I'm 39 today, and I've just been walking with him ever since. And he has loved on me. He's yelled at me. Well, he don't yell, but, you know, he, he kind of, he does his thing. And, and, and I'm just, I'm better because of him, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for his ministry. And what an honor for me who I've been here before and I've, I've preached when, when Pastor Tim was the pastor and now I'm here as the first guest speaker as Pastor Tim is the pastor and I'm just, I'm honored. I'm, I'm absolutely honored. Uh, but the reason why I'm pointing out all this is to set us up because theology teaches us that when we make much of a man or a woman of God, what we're saying is, God, I agree with your choice. And when you come into agreement with the choices of God, he extracts his glory from them. I don't know about you, but I cannot think of a better choice in this season, in this moment, than the pastor that you have right now And Pastor Tim. Come on, can we thank God for his choice? And for the one, for the one that's struggling, for the one that's struggling, uh, let, me, let me just bring it into just a little bit more perspective for you. I know I'm being a little bit redundant here talking about Ander and I'm bl- belaboring the point, but I want to see you blessed. The Bible says that when Jesus was in his own hometown, he couldn't perform any miracles because of the lack of faith and the lack of honor. That means somebody showed up to the house where Jesus was and did not get what they needed because of pride. I do not know about you. But I do not have the luxury of flying home the same way that I came If Jesus is in the house and he has something for me, I want it If there's a blessing in the room, I want it If there's a miracle in the room, I want it Come on, if there's restoration, healing, financial precision Whatever it is, I want it, I want it Is there anybody in the room that says The only thing I got to do is honor Jesus That's easy because I once was lost, but now I'm found So we're going to honor Jesus, include me If you are grateful for the name of Jesus lift up your hands open up your mouths and with everything on the inside of you give Jesus a shout thank you Jesus 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 Jesus. go on ahead and grab a seat grab a seat Uh, if we've not gotten to meet before my name is Chris I'm born and raised in New York City I have a beautiful, beautiful family, and I've been in ministry most of my life. I grew up in a pastor's kid. I served as a a youth pastor and youth director in a youth ministry called Misfit uh, for well over a decade, and then from there, I served as an executive pastor, then a senior pastor, and then in this season of my life, I get the beautiful privilege of being an evangelist and teaching pastor. I serve as a teaching pastor for five churches around the country, and then I get to be a part of houses like this and moments like this where I get to preach and teach the good news. Can I just show you a picture of my family real quick? I, just, I want you to see my family. If you could just put that picture up real quick. Show, show how beautiful they are. It's like a Hallmark sharp, right? It's like uh, to, to, on my shoulder, that beautiful young lady, her name is Chloe, and she just turned 13 years old. 13. I'm still mourning over it. Because he, she wants to shop at places like Lululemon and Sephora now. And I'm like, we, I don't want any of that. Let's go back to the children's place. You know what I mean? Just keep her young. But, but she loves Jesus, and she's absolutely amazing. And the young man uh, to the right who is taller than me, even though I am sitting down, but he is now taller than me. Uh, his name is Dylan. Uh, he is 15 years old. He's absolutely amazing. He loves Jesus, and he's actually here with me today sitting up here. And I'm, I'm just elated that I get to be their father. And then that woman behind me, her name is Jairus. Everybody say Jairus. Uh, Jairus. Uh, so many people mispronounce it. When she goes to Starbucks, she says Lisa. But it's, it's Jairus. It's, it's Jairus. And we just celebrated 17 years of marriage this past November. And before we got married, we dated five years. So at this point of our lives, we've been together longer than we've been without each other. And I'm only showing you that picture to ask you that if you ever remember us beyond this moment, would you pray for us? Just pray, prayer, blessing over us, and I promise, as I remember you, I'm gonna pray over you because in this season, with all the traveling and moving, we're grateful for. It, but it just it takes a shift in how we lead and how we lead our home, and just just pray. Is that okay to ask? I, I want to give you this word today because the Holy Spirit downloaded it to me, so I'm gonna jump right in. If you have your Bibles, open up with me to Second Kings chapter 2, 2 Kings, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, and then I'm going to read one quick proverb to you, but this is a pretty famous moment in the Bible. It, It reads like this. It says, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. I know this is the first service, so we got, we got all the Bible theologians in the house, but if we're just being us, who here has ever confused Elijah and Elisha before? Come on, can I see your hand? Four of you? The rest of you are lying. That's not true. Just- well, well, for the, for the rest of us like me that are not that smart, I've messed it up so many times, so I've taught myself this little trick that Elisha uh, is, the, is, the, is the mentee. Elijah is the mentor, and Elisha is spelt with the S in it, so I put that as second, just, just, just to remind myself so I know who I'm talking about and when I'm, when I'm referencing things. But anyway, y'all, y'all already knew that. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. And then this is the part that got me. So they went down to Bethel. That was it right there. I'm just, just, just pay attention to that one. So they went down to Bethel. Verse 3 says, the company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elisha said to him, stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Jericho. You, you seeing a trend? We'll keep going. We'll keep going. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, but, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Are you, you seen this pattern yet? Yeah. Fifty men and... Of the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, struck the water with it. The water divided the right to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion. Of your spirit, Elisha replied. Come on, if you grew up in Pentecostal church, that's a shout moment right there. It goes on to say in verse 10, you have asked a difficult thing. Man, when I read that, I thought to myself, what's so difficult about it? He goes, you've asked such a difficult thing, Elisha said. Yet, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, not. What you've asked for is difficult. That sounds like it makes sense. And I think I could understand it. But then it goes on to say, yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, well, what would happen that I wouldn't see you? It will be yours. Otherwise, no. Skipping on over to Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20, the Bible reads like this. A faithful person will be richly blessed. A faithful person will be richly blessed. If you're taking notes, I want you to go ahead and write this down. I titled this message, I intend on being blessed. Yes. I intend on being blessed. If you're not taking notes, take notes. I intend <laughs> on being blessed. And let's pray one more time. Holy Spirit, speak. Yes. Amen. amen. Amen, amen, amen. I felt the Holy Spirit posed the question to me this way. What does it mean to live intentionally? What does it mean to live intentionally? And as I started to think about this idea, especially according to theology, I started just to pen down my my thoughts as the Holy Spirit started to download into my spirit. And what I've learned and I realized is that living intentionally means to purposely pursue the life God has called you to live. Intentionality requires deliberate action. God is intentional. God is intentional and he has called us to be the same. God did not create the world by accident or chance. He did not make us at random. Long before we were even a thought in our parents' mind, God knew about us. According to the psalmist in Psalm 139 verse 13 he writes it this way, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. The psalmist is is writing here and he is praising God for his intentionality in creating human beings. God took an unformed substance and created something out of nothing. He created something out of nothing. And somebody needs to catch this revelation today that regardless of your story and regardless of you and the relationship you have with your parents and regardless of what you know of your parents, you have a father in heaven that knew you before a parent would know you and before the earth would know you and he created you and he created you with precision and purpose in jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 the the prophet writes he says before i formed you in the womb i knew you and before you were born i consecrated you i appointed you as a prophet to the nations see while explaining his call as a prophet god tells jeremiah that he was appointed long before he was conceived in his mother's womb god didn't just know who jeremiah would be He planned it. He did not just know who Jeremiah would be. He planned it. He doesn't just know who you are. He has planned every day of your life. He has planned your future. Single person, he has planned your spouse. Married person, he has planned your future. He has planned your children. He has a plan for you. And there are intricacies about you that are unique, one of a kind. And with that said, he wants you to own the details that he's detailed you with. He wants you to own the details that he's detailed you with. If you want to see the completion of the plan that God has for you, it will take owning the details that he's detailed you with, and it will take one massive word in order to accomplish that. You ready? Intentionality. But how many know that there is a great difference between intention and completion? There is a great difference between intention and completion. A few weeks ago, I was online at the mall, standing in a store to make a return. Of course, this was not my return. It was my wife's return. But as a husband, it's one of my duties. So as I'm standing on the back of this line, a line as long as eternity, this man comes and stands right behind me. Not even two seconds later, a young woman approaches him and says, excuse me, sir, you took my spot. He said, Excuse me, completely confused. I was the last person online. He came and stood right behind me. She then continued to say, I intended on standing where you are, right behind this man pointing at me. I was like, Don't involve me. She said, But I got distracted on the way over here, but that's supposed to be my spot. There is such a great difference between where you intend to be and where you actually are. There is a great difference between where you intend to be and where you actually are. See, as I was watching this play out, I thought to myself, how many saints, how many believers, how many people are there in the world that are frustrated because they, because they had a vision, but they did not have the discipline to complete it? They are frustrated with God. With where they failed. There's a great difference between where you intend to be and where you currently are. And we will never complete anything if our intentions are void of actions. In other words, mean what you say and say what you mean. Don't tell me what you want to do, do it. Don't tell me what you want to do, do it. Because unless you do it, it will not happen. Unless you do it, it will not happen. And I say this respectfully to all my Pentecostals, non-denominational, charismatic people in the room. We as believers are guilty of praying prayers where we hope for God to take care of what he's actually intended for us to complete. We have asked God to do what he has commissioned us to do. With that said, be mindful as you pray prayers like, God, take me there. God, build this. God, say this. Those are great prayers to pray only if you understand that you have a role to play. Those are great prayers to play if you understand that you have a role to play. See, understand that we are equally responsible with God for the role we play in our prayers. We are equally responsible with God for the role we play in our prayers. Let me say it this way. If you are praying praying for God to go somewhere, you better recognize that you have legs so that you could walk. If you're asking God to build something, you have to understand that he's given you hands so that you could build. If you're asking God for opportunity, you have to recognize that you have a mouth so that you could ask. If you are praying for a shift in your family and in your believing, then you better understand that you have a tongue so that you could declare. If you are praying for something new, you better understand that you have a voice so that you could create. I'd like to suggest to you today, Embassy City, that there's that breakthrough that you are longing for. It's possible if you stop backing down. Your breakthrough is possible if you stop backing down. In 2023, I know it's still the first quarter of the year, so let's just declare from this moment on that your moment of procrastination has come to an end. Let this be the year that you do. Let this be the year that you did what you said you would do. My goodness, let this be the year that your yes be yes and your no be no. Let this be the year that your yes be yes and your no be no because understand that every time you use a yes and every time you use a no you are saying yes to consistency when you say yes you're saying yes to follow through when you say no you're saying no to follow through you're saying I created a boundary I'm not going forward with it if you said yes to it that means I'm not only showing up on the day but I'm showing up on time let's break it down a little bit further practically If you said yes to a diet, you said no to the donut. If you said yes to the savings, you said no to the spending. If you said yes to the waking up early, that means no to going to bed late. Can we go deeper? Let's go deeper. If you said yes to the relationship, that means no to the selfishness. If you said yes to the relationship, you said no to the selfishness. If you said yes to being a parent, that means you said no to being childish. When you said yes to being a parent, that means you said no to being childish. If you said yes to the job, that means you said no to the laziness. If you got the upgrade and the raise that you've been praying for, that means you are going to shift how you behave. Can we go a little bit deeper? If you said yes, to Jesus then you said yes to surrender if you said yes to Jesus you said yes to surrender if you said yes to Jesus you said yes to obedience if you said yes to Jesus you said yes to holiness if you said yes to Jesus you said yes to being misunderstood by the world if you said yes to Jesus you said yes to being rejected by the world but do not worry because if you said yes to Jesus you also said yes to peace if you said yes to Jesus you said yes to prosperity if you said said yes to Jesus, you said yes to blessing. If you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to eternity. If you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to destiny. Where are all my destiny people in the room that says for me and my household we will serve the Lord. And even though we don't look like what I thought it would look like, I know that the more I follow him and the more I serve him, I will see and complete everything it is that he has for me. If there's a person in the room that says that's for me and my household, take about 30 seconds and put a shout on it. We are people of destiny. We, if we have a God, that means we have a place to go. If we have a God, that means we have something to do. He is calling us to move. He is calling us to believe. He's calling us to lead. Knowing that there are people that are so lost in this world. They, they need your testimony. They need your faith. They, they need your prayers. They, they need your encouragement. Yes. Good. But with that said, how many of you know? How many of you know that if you said yes to being a child of God, you said yes to integrity? Yes. and intention without integrity is an illusion. Intention without integrity is an illusion. Integrity means when I give you my word, I keep it. When I make a promise, it'll happen. Integrity means my word is my bond. See, do not believe the lie that you are a person of integrity if you following through on your word is of low possibility. In other words, if you make a promise to your spouse and she don't believe you, that's not her fault, that's yours. If you make a promise to your children and they don't believe you, it's not that they're bad children. It's that you've shown them something in the pattern of your parenting. Uh If you're asking for something at the job and they're not giving it, maybe it's not that they don't have anything against you. It's that they know you so well that they've seen your work pattern. See, what I love so much about this text, 2 Kings chapter 2, Elijah tells Elisha, stay here then Elisha makes this commitment, this beautiful speech. And if I'm being honest, we as believers have learned the art of beautiful speeches. We have learned how to promise. We have learned how to communicate. We have learned how to exhort. We have learned how to piece words together. So, for me, as I was reading this, it was not the beautiful speech that this man made. And it's a beautiful speech. As surely as the Lord lives, as surely as the Lord lives, I will follow you. I will not leave you. I will stay with you. As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I'm with you, depending on the translation that you read. It wasn't so much that he made the promise. It's then the following sentence says, so they went down together. How often are there people that make promises, but then don't show up at the right time? I want to help a husband today. It's not that she doesn't love you. She just doesn't believe you. Because the last time she got frustrated, you told her, I'm so sorry, I forgot, I got caught up at work, but I promise you next week and I'll take care of the yard. Or or when I get home from work later, I'll go to the bank. You make all these promises and you say, baby, baby, please, and you kiss her on the neck and you put your hand on her hip and you try to butter her up. You even make your way to the mall to buy her a gift to make her believe that she is your first priority. But do you know how many gifts you would have to save if you just simply did what you said? If you just did what you said the first time, you wouldn't have to be digging yourself out of a hole. You wouldn't have to be making these extra stops. You wouldn't have to be buying these extra cards. I mean, give your wife a gift just because, not because you want her not to be mad at you. The reason why she's mad at you is that she's frustrated with the over-promising. And you have learned how to sweet talk her. But she's tired of the words and what she wants is an action. If that's the truth, if there's a wife in the room that agrees, can you shout amen? Amen. (laughs) One husband pinched her leg, said, you better not. (laughs) See, practically speaking, practically speaking, what Elijah was doing, what Elijah was doing was he was going to say bye to these three schools of prophets. He had three schools of prophets set up in each location. So practically all he was doing was saying his farewell before ascending to heaven. But in that moment, there's something so beautiful that happens, something very spiritual that happens. And so often the spiritual takes place within the practical. I understand that we have over mystified this idea of blessings when in reality there is something beautiful about just doing what you said that allows blessings to flow. And what as I was studying this text, I realized that this pathway that they take is actually a pathway of blessing. I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down. I intend on being found in the house of the Lord. I intend on being found in the house of the Lord. If you could put that text up there for me. It says in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 2, Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. Everybody say Bethel. Bethel, Bethel actually translates to house of God. He says, I got to go to Bethel. Elisha says, I'm going with you to Bethel surely as the Lord lives I will not leave you I'm going with you so the two of them went together. I want to point out, we know that the text ends with Elijah saying to Elisha, what can I do for you? And then Elisha says, I want a double portion of your spirit, but understand that that moment only happens because this first step was taken. And I find that so many people are avoiding the fact that they need to be found in the house of the Lord because they do not even realize how beneficial it is to their future, how beneficial it is to their family. I mean, the Bible does tell me that I should not forsake the gathering of the believer that I need to be with my brother. I need to be with my sisters. I need to be able to be with like-minded individuals because when I am in like-minded individuals, blessings will come as a result of it. It will shift how I think. It will shift how I talk. It will shift how I believe. Why? Because who you hang out with will determine the way that you start to behave and the way you start to believe. So it is better that we be found in the house of the Lord. I want to be found with believers that know that without Jesus, they would not have made it. I want to be found with people. I want people around my children that would say to them, even when you think about making a mistake, I've been there before. Let me encourage you. That is not the route to go because the truth is somebody is going to influence my family. Whether I decide on that or not is the issue. And I would encourage you today that you would be somebody that would say, for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We will be found in the house of the Lord because I want to set up my family for victory. I want to set up my marriage for victory. I want to set up my children for victory. Heck, I want to set myself up for victory. I'm not strong enough to do it on my own, but when I find myself around people that say I'm going to worship the Lord, my God, and when I'm feeling down and they're worshiping up, there's something about their praise that encourages me. There's something about their worship that blesses me. I get around a believer. I get around an individual that knows who they were and where they once were, but now they're found in the house of the Lord, and now they cannot keep the praises to themselves. When I have moments of doubt, it's your praise that encourages me and makes me want to worship and makes me want to praise. You know what? Real quick, I don't know who's feeling downcast in the room, but all the people that don't mind praising, why don't you give God a shout of praise so that the person next to you can feel encouraged. There's somebody in the room that wanted to give up last night, and it took everything on the inside of them for them to show up today. So why don't you encourage them right now? Lift up your hands. Open up your mouth. And with everything you got, give Jesus your best shout. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We will serve the Lord. I'm I'm better because of it. I'm, I'm lost without it. I think about the world we live in and and all the lies they want to sell us and and all the plans they have for me and my family. I don't want the plans of the world. I I will honor the government that I'm under, but I am not going to allow the government to dictate the morals and the principles that I teach my children. I'll pay my taxes. I'll stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. But beyond that, if we are not talking about Jesus, then I'm not following you because you have a plan for my child. And it is not a plan to prosper my child it is not a plan of victory for my child so child as long as you live with me we are going to church and we will serve the lord well well what happens if he doesn't want to go well he's coming anyway because i'm the parent and he's the child can we just switch up how we're parenting by the 2023 is lie to so many people you got to be their friend you don't got to be their friend you got to be their parent Well, you got to let them feel their way through. Let them feel their way through. You know all the trouble my feelings have got me in? I am the head of my household. I am the leader of my home. We are going to church. A couple of weeks ago, I was preaching in Miami, and I thank God my son, Dylan, he loves Jesus. He wants to be in church, but it was a full day of church. I had to preach this one church, two services, then do a leadership session, and then leave there and go across town and preach at another church. So it was church all day. So I said, Dylan, you, you want to go to the first service or the second service? I gave him freedom within a framework. I gave him options. But the option I did not give him was, do you want to go to church? That was never a possibility. We are going to church. You could go to the 9 a.m. or you could go to the 11 a.m. Because even if you didn't want to go, and even if you didn't want to show up, I know that you'll be better because of it. I intend on being found in the house of the Lord. And what I love through this this relationship of a mentor and a mentee, their first stop was the house of God. What was the second stop? Where where they go? Jericho. Everybody say Jericho. Jericho. I intend on living a life pleasing to God. Write that down. I intend on living a life pleasing to God. What does Jericho translate to? Jericho translates to the aroma of God. The aroma of God. I love that in this relationship they're walking together and they're talking together. They first go to the church. Then the second the second stop represents being the church. Living what you preach. Living what you declare. Do you know that in 2023 holiness still matters to God? I know we've evolved in church, and we don't have to be suited and booted, and I know we have different styles of worship, and I'm game for all of it, but there are just some things that are non-negotiable. We know that, right? Like how you live outside of church matters, and that's what makes, that's what makes this church so special because in the middle of the Bible Belt and in a city where people just go to church because it's Sunday, there is a remnant, there is a group in this church that, that, that seeks after the deeper things of God that says, I'm going to be a man of holiness. I'm going to be a woman of holiness. I'm, I'm not afraid to talk about it because I want to be someone that represents God well. 2 Corinthians 2 says, for we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. We're the aroma of Christ. We, we, the, we are the aroma. I, I could smell you, and I should smell Christ. I used to uh, work in my grandparents' Italian deli as a teenager, and then as a young adult, and even early on when I was a youth pastor. You know, youth pastors don't make a lot of money, so I had to work there too. And especially the holidays, I would get in as many hours as possible, and I would, I would come home, and I would stink like Parmesan cheese. And, you know, I walked through the door. My wife, she couldn't keep her hands off me, just run to me right away like a <laughs> magnet. She kissed me all up, loved me, welcomed me home. But we always had this joke. We always had this joke. She would just stop, pause, and look at me, you know, after kissing me, and be like, oh, you, you smell Italian. <laughs> it was obvious that I came home from work because where I had just spent my time. I could tell where you've been by how you smell. It is obvious to tell who you are, not by how you talk, but by how you smell. Because when life happens and when gossip shows up and difficulty happens, the way that you respond tells me a whole lot about you. You could tell me that you've been in your prayer closet. You can tell me that you've been seeking the Lord. But the way that you respond to life, it is evident whether you've actually been in your prayer closet or you've been in your gossip closet. It is obvious. It is, it is obvious who it is that you first spoke to, who you first had a conversation to did you first seek the Lord or did you seek your BFF that goes to church too because the two are not the same you could talk to another believer but just because you are talking to a believer about your issues does not mean that you are having the right conversation and what I love about talking to God he never steers me wrong he never misses when I talk to him he talks back to me he corrects me he leads me he guides me with his rod and his staff he comforts me he tells me where to go and as a result of it I I will be blessed you know why because jesus said himself blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and they shall be satisfied i love that in this relationship the first stop was was the house of god and then the second stop was the aroma of god everybody talking about they want to be blessed well get you in church and start being the church we come from a Aaron, I thank God that we're beyond it. There's some churches that still preach it, but if you just sow a seed, all of a sudden you're going to be blessed. Oh, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Because if he didn't care about you, maybe it would if he was just trying to get something from you. But what he wants from you, you ready? Is relationship. Relationship. So we have this picture of this mentor and this mentee, and they're, they're walking together, and they're, they're talking together, and they're, they're going together, and they're doing together. And the mentee promises the mentor, as surely as the Lord lives, I will not leave you. And what I love is that he means what he said, and he said what he means. I got mentors in my life. Tim Ross is one of my mentors. He called me at any moment. He called my wife. He has called my wife without calling me. Check checking on us. What's going on? What's happening? I got mentors. My mentors never have to look for me. I tell them where they are. Yeah. Unsolicited. I just tell them I'm, I'm here. This is what's going on. This is the decision we made. I got mentors. I just got a text this morning from a mentor. I'm supposed to have lunch with him this Wednesday. He said, Chris, I got to change it to Thursday. Did I already plan my day around Wednesday? I already did. But when my mentor says he wants to change it to Thursday, guess what I do? I shift Thursday so that I could be with him. Because there's something about that walking together and they're talking together that is going to make me better. There's something that's going to make me grow as a believer. They go from Bethel to Jericho. What's that last place? Jordan. The Jordan. Jordan. I intend I'm, I'm being blessed. They, they went to the Jordan. You know what Jordan translates to? To flow down. To flow down. Down. They go to the house of God. Then they go to the aroma of God. And now that they got the house of God and the aroma of God, they now set themselves up to flow down. I find it so amazing that Elijah did not ask Elisha from the beginning, right? Because if he was going to leave Elisha from the very beginning, at the very first stop, stay here, I got to go on over here. It was never his plan to come back and get him. He had a journey, he had somewhere to go, but it's as a result of them walking together that even puts Elisha in the situation to even be positioned enough to even ask the question, I want a double portion of your spirit. But it was after the time of them walking together that the mentor says, what can I do for you and what I've learned that in 2023 we have a whole lot of people that want mentors and they want blessing but they're not willing to put the time in and they're not willing to walk and they're not willing to go this is why when Elisha says says to Elijah I want a double portion what does Elisha say he says what you've asked for is a difficult thing but if you see me when I go then it will be happen if you see me when I go if you see me when I go why else would wouldn't he have seen him if he would have left prematurely. Right. Good. So many of you want to be blessed. God, why am I not blessed? You're not blessed because you won't stick around long enough for the blessing. We live in a day and age that people think if I ask, it's enough. I put it in the atmosphere. you got to manifest it. this idea that if I just speak it, it will happen. Let me tell you that your actions have so much power than your words. You could speak it all you want, but if you do not position yourself to be someone that does what they say and say what they mean, you could sow all the different seeds you want. You could sow it at this church. You could sow it at Gateway. You could sow it at Potter's House. You could sow it at Sherline. You could sow it at any other church in between but if you can't just stick around long enough in one church in one house with one community where you grow together and you go together i promise you you can make all the demands you want but you are going to miss out on the miracle you know why because the miracle and the blessing happens where you sow a seed you got all these scattered seeds all these church hoppers If you could just put a verse 11, verse 12, as I shut this thing down. It goes on to say, it says, what you've asked for is a difficult thing. But if you see me when I go up, it'll be yours. And then look at verse 11, that very next line after that. As they were walking along and talking along. As they were walking along. You know what that tells me? That tells me that Elisha didn't just get his opportunity and dip. I got to ask, now I'm gone. All right, put in my work. I went with him over here, went with him over there, went with him over there. Finally got my moment, and then I'm gone. No, 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 no. He sticks around even after the request. Why? Because the relationship. Yeah. Oh, the relationship is so important, and it is connected to the blessing. So what does it say? Put it back up there for me. They were walking along. They were walking and talking. They were walking and they were talking. They were walking and they were talking. They were walking and they were talking. And as they continued to walk and talk, a chariot, a fire of horses, of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. And while that is happening, what happened? He said to him, if you see me when I go up. Because he stood around long enough even after he asked. Oh my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I'm... There's so much more to unpack here. And the next service, I'm preaching two hours. They already told me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how many people in the room struggle with commitment. Commitment. But can I tell you that your God does not struggle with staying committed to you? He loves you. He loves you so much. He has has plans for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and to give you a future. But he says, son, daughter, if you could just listen to me, if you could just stay around long enough, if you could just stay put, I promise you the the blessing, it'll come to you. He said, I want a double portion of your spirit. So many people say, well, well, I want that. Yeah, but how, you're you're asking for a double, but how have you stewarded your single? You haven't even positioned yourself for a double portion because you've done poorly with the single. It's not just about asking and and sewing and jumping. It's about walking and talking and committing and walking and talking. Remember the story of the prodigal son? young son goes to the dad and says, I want what's coming to me now. The issue with that statement is that he wanted his future prematurely. There are so many things you want in the future, but I promise you, you don't want it now. You want it when God has it because his timing is perfect. Would you stand with me? Stand with me. Stand with me. Holy Spirit told me to tell you this is the year that you do. This is the year that you, you complete. This is the year that your marriage goes to the next level. This is the marriage that your parenting goes to the next level. This is the year your business goes to the next level. It's not about finding something new to do. It's about doing more of the same. It's about, it's about staying put in the house of God. It's about being a man and a woman of holiness, even when people aren't looking, even when people aren't watching. But when you're alone, what are you looking at? What are you listening to? What are you, what are you doing in your private time? Are you seeking the Lord? I promise you you want to be blessed stay committed to the house of God stay committed to holiness and you know what's gonna happen it'll position you for all the blessings to flow down to you but so many people have missed out what was supposed to flow down to them because they already went somewhere else thinking that they weren't gonna get it where they were No, it was coming but you wanted it prematurely he says son my timing is perfect daughter my timing it's perfect. Just, just stay with me, and I'll bless you. If you would say in the room, God, I, I want to be blessed. Whatever you got for me, I, I want a double portion of it. Come on, lift up your hand. I want a double portion of it. But God, if I have poorly stewarded my single portion, God, help me with that. I want to steward it properly. And if, and if you've been stewarding it well, then amen. Lift up your hand. You're going to keep on keeping on. It's not about just completing. It's about continuing. It's about the continuum of stewardship. It's the continuum of obedience. It's about this, the continuum of holiness. I'm going to keep chasing after you. Every morning, I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to put you first. I'm going to repent. That's why there are new mercies offered to me every day. I'm going to repent, and I'm going to become a better man than I was yesterday. I'm going to become a better woman than I was yesterday. I'm going to see... After you, and the next day I'm gonna keep on chasing, and the week after that I'm gonna keep on chasing, and the next year after that I'm gonna keep on chasing because I know that it aligns me with blessing. Every hand lifted up, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fall on us right now and that you would hit us something sweet, oh Father God, that you would convict us, oh God, and you would position us, oh Father God, to, to make sure that we are seeking you all the days of our lives. Show us our blind spots, show us the things that are getting in the way. Show us the things that are affecting us from being being consistent. Get any pebbles out of our shoe so that we could keep on walking, so that we could keep on talking. Oh God, would you allow us to get up just a little bit earlier so that we could spend time with you, so that we could walk with you, so that we could talk with you? We want to remain in your house. We want to be people that operate uh, uh, giving off the aroma of Christ. Holy Spirit, would you fill us? Would you lead us? Because if you are blessing for us, we want it. If you are blessing for us, we want it. If you are blessing for us, we want it. We want it. We want it. If you're in the room and say, I want to be blessed, and I want my children to be blessed, and I want my marriage to be blessed, and I want my business to be blessed, go on ahead and give your God a 60-second standing ovation saying yes and amen. Amen. Amen.
1: In this place. What an awesome word. Thank you, Pastor Chris, so much. You know, we've been in this series, Into the Deep, and I can tell you this, this word is so on time because a lot of us want to be in the deep, but you have to have intentionality. You have to be the one to take the step. What a word. Thank you, bro. So I want our altar team to come up here. And this is what I kind of feel to just communicate to you today. Don't leave here if you need prayer. I believe there's some people that are in this place right now that you need God to move on your behalf. Like this word has convicted you. And conviction is a good thing because conviction moves us to action, right? Right? And so if there's anything that you need from the Lord, whether it be uh, healing in your body or you need to be free from a weight that, that sets you back from being intentional, then I don't want you to leave here without getting prayer, all right? Let the Lord do something special in your life. So we're gonna get into a time of worship. And if you need prayer, come up, get some prayer. If not, you're dismissed. Go share the love of God with somebody. Go change the world. We love you so much.
0: Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash embassycitychurch. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Irving. If you'd like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text embassycity, all one word, to 77977. We pray you have a great week. Thanks for listening today.